Well, thank you, Brother Terry. What a blessing that song is. Thank you, choir. Miss Rachel. Appreciate the choir. So faithful coming every Sunday and singing and blessing our hearts. So thank you so much. And I thank all of you for taking part in worship this morning. If you brought your Bibles, turn to the book of Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes. We want to look at a couple of verses in Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes chapter 5. Ecclesiastes chapter 5. Terry, that song you just shared with us goes right along with the sermon. Appreciate you singing that. This morning I want to share with you some thoughts about coming back to God, going to church. Coming back to God, going to church. If you would, look at Ecclesiastes chapter 5. I hope you brought your Bibles. You know, just because we have them on the screen, the scripture on the screen, uh, continue to bring your Bibles. It's, it's just great because sometimes we may have technical problems. That's been known to happen. So, uh, if you would, bring your Bibles. Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 1. Song is, the song is from Solomon. Keep thy foot when thou goest to the house of God. And be more ready to hear than to give the sacrifice of fools. For they consider not that they do evil. Be not rash with thy mouth. And let not thine heart be hasty to utter anything before God. For God is in heaven, and thou upon earth. Therefore, let thy words be few. I'm going to read verse 3 also. For a dream cometh through the multitude of busyness, and a fool's voice is known by a multitude of words. Ecclesiastes is a testimony of King Solomon. King Solomon had had a relationship with the Lord and he decided to depart from the Lord. And the result of that decision was devastating to his life. Now let me just stop here and say that goes for us also. If you're a Christian here this morning and you've chosen to pull away from God for whatever reason, that decision will end up being one of the most devastating decisions that you'll ever make in your life or that you've made in your life. Solomon began to live his life under the sun. The Bible tells that we have been raised with Christ and we're seated with him in the heavenlies. Therefore, we're to seek those things, the Bible says, which are above where Christ is. We are to seek those things which are above the sun. And we're not to seek those things of the earth or that's below the sun. So Solomon had left God and he began to live a life under the sun. However, when a believer decides that he will live life under the sun, 
or he chooses or she chooses to live life from an earthly perspective and cut God out of their life, the results of that will be tragic. Solomon tried everything life had to offer under the sun. He was a very wealthy man. He was a very rich man. He had everything that money could buy. But yet his testimony was that his life was a life of vanity or meaningless and a vexation of spirit. He felt as though that life was just like a fleeting wind. Chapter 1, verse 14. Now, as you move along through the book, Solomon tells how he came back to God. And he's on this journey in chapter 5, verse Chapters 2 and chapter 3 and chapter 4 and chapter 5. He's on a journey back to God. Those things under the sun didn't pay off for him. And he realized that. And so he begins to drop God back into the picture of his life. And he's returning again to God. And here's the point. Solomon comes to understand. While all of us will understand sooner or later is that there's only one place where true joy, lasting joy, can be found. And that is a personal relationship with God through His Son, Jesus Christ. I don't know what you're going through right now in regards to trying to find joy and happiness and peace. But the only place you'll ever find that is in a personal relationship with God through His Son, Jesus. Money won't bring it. Prestige won't bring it. Material things won't bring it. Wisdom won't bring it. Solomon had all of those. He drew a conclusion that all that was meaningless and vexation of spirit. It had no good to him in his life. So this morning you say, well, Brother Sammy, I... I really don't believe that. I, I'm, I'm having a pretty good time the way that I'm living right now. Things are going pretty good. And I'm really enjoying life. Perhaps some of you uh, were like, was like Solomon. Uh, he he kind of had amassed this gigantic treasure in his life. And he had all the things that he needed. And then he had things that he didn't need. His fl- favorite Cliché could have possibly been, let the good times roll, man. I'm in the driver's seat now and everything is going good. And that may be, but just remember sin is for a season and seasons end. And after the season, it takes sin season. After that sin season, it takes a full toll upon your life. Now the point is, There's no true and lasting joy apart from a personal relationship with God through His Son, Jesus Christ. And so that brings to the question, how do I find joy and how do I find the meaning to life? Well, Solomon begins to explain true joy by taking us on a tour. And so he starts at the house of God. Look at verse 1. We go to church. He says, keep thy foot when thou goest to the house of God. Keep thy foot. Notice, he uses the phrase house of God. 
Now, in that day, he would have been referring to the temple, a magnificent temple that God had Solomon to build. Magnificent. When I say magnificent, it was a multi-million dollar building. It had gold, and it had silver, and it had fine furniture, and it had things unimaginable to the human eye placed in that temple. The house of God. So when he talks about the house of God, he's talking about going to the temple. But now when we talk about the house of God today, we're talking about going to church. We're in the house of God. So Solomon begins his return to God by confirming verse 1 there, chapter 5, that there is a place where a person can go Find a relationship with Jesus Christ, and it's at the house of God. Now, the Bible says when you go to a Bible-believing church and when you go to a Bible-teaching church, right there is a place where you can have an encounter with God. You can have a relationship with God. Jesus said it this way, When two or three are gathered together in my name, I will be in the midst of them. So there is a place where people can come and have an encounter with God, the church. Now, if you don't have an encounter with God today, the problem's not with God Now, that's not saying that you can't have an encounter with God somewhere else. That's not saying that you can't be saved in a cornfield or in your bedroom or at the hospital or, or wherever. You can be saved anywhere. But you should be able, when you come to the house of God, to be able to have an encounter with God. And Solomon says, hey, when you go to the house, keep your foot. He gives a warning about going to church. You notice that he says, keep thy foot when thou goest to the house of God. Meaning this, watch your step when you go to church. Keep your foot. Watch your step. Do you know that the Bible says that it's possible to go to church and leave church worse than you were before you went to church? Imagine that. Do you know that some of you today will be worse off by leaving church, than you would have been if you would not even come to church. Because as God speaks to you and you don't respond to the Holy Spirit in your life, you're worse off if you, if you just stayed at home. And I'm not advocating anybody to stay at home. Listen to what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 15, verse 8. He says... This people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth, and they honoreth me with their lips. But their heart, their heart is far from me. Verse 9, but in vain, in vain, they do worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. So Jesus was saying that, there were a lot of people going to church to worship him in those days, and their worship wasn't doing any good whatsoever. 
for in vain they worship me. That's why going to church won't save you. You know, some people believe, well, going to church will save me. If I just won't miss church, if I go, if I go every time church doors open, but then I'll, I'm gonna have a home in heaven. Not necessarily. You could be worshiping in vain. That's not doing you any good to go to church. You're not, you don't, you're not saved by going to church. You're saved by what Christ did on the cross for you. The church is important. It has its place. It won't save you. So many people today have just added church as another compartment of, their, of the index of their lives. What do you mean by that, Brother Sammy? Well, we go to work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. We go to a ball game on Tuesdays, Tuesdays and Thursdays. Usually the children play ball. We go to, you know, we go Fridays, we go to a high school game. You know, we got to cut grass on Saturday, catch a college game on Saturday. Then we go to church on Sunday. We start back over on Monday. So we just added church as a compartment of the index of our lives. And we go. And we go. And it doesn't affect any of those other areas in our life. We just go to church. See, going to church is one thing. And living church is another thing. Solomon is saying, be careful when you go to church. Watch your step. What, 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 what you do when you go to church. Live out what you've learned in church. So notice he points out some things that we need to be careful about when we go to church. First being, you need to be careful about listening. Look at verse 1. Keep thy foot when thou goest to the house of God and be more ready to hear than to give the sacrifice of foods. You know, in those days when they would attend church, they would... The temple, they would, they would give their sacrifice. And here's something that, that he points out here. If the sacrifice that they gave did not truly represent their heart, then it wasn't acceptable unto the Lord. Made me ask myself the question, am I, is my sacrifice really the reality of my heart? You know, they sacrificed in the Old Testament. We're the sacrifice in the New Testament. We're the sacrifice today. The Bible says that, that we're to make sacrifices to God today. We're to offer our body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto the Lord, which is our reasonable service. And then we're to give our contributions as a sacrifice, as a sweet-smelling savour a sacrifice unto the Lord. Look at Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15. 13, verse 15. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually, that is, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. So our praise to God, the singing of praise, the offering of praise, all of that is to be a sacrifice. How we feel in our heart toward Almighty God. But notice the warning in Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 1. Be more ready to hear than give the sacrifice of fools. 
He says, listening. Notice what he says. Be ready to hear. Listening is, is more important when you go to church than anything else. Verse 1. Be more ready to hear, to hear than to give the sacrifice of fools. That means that you can't fool God. It means that, that God knows the reality of who you are. He knows the reality of what you are. God knows what you're doing. He knows what I'm doing. God knows what I'm saying. He hears what I'm saying. God knows what you do and why you do it, and he knows what you do. And if you think that you can fool God, according to this text, you are a fool. You can't fool God. So don't offer the sacrifice of fools. God knows the sincerity of our heart. He knows the sincerity of our hearts in regards to our prayer. The sincerity of our hearts in regards to our contribution. The sincerity of our hearts in regards to our worship. What we sing, what we say, he knows the sincerity of our heart. I can remember oftentimes in, in ministry, I've heard people pray, Lord, be with us and bring us back together tonight. And they never came back at night. I'm thinking, my goodness, God knows your heart. He knows your words. Have you ever noticed that the majority of what we do when we come to the Lord's house, have you ever noticed the majority of what we do when we come to the Lord's house is just listen? I mean, we listen to the choir, we listen to the pastor, we listen to a prayer, we listen to the praise team, we listen to other people singing, we listen to the soloist. It's, it's, it's about listening when we come to the house of God. That brings about verse 2. He says, but be not rash with thy mouth, and let not thine heart be hasty to utter anything before God. The Bible says we need to, to be much more ready to listen than to speak. Verse 2, don't be rash with your mouth. Moffat translates that. Don't let your heart hurry you into words. Don't be quick with what you say. It doesn't mean, first of all, that doesn't mean that God's not interested in what you say. And then he, he, ends, he ends that verse, God is in heaven and thou upon the earth. That doesn't mean that God's not here, and, and, but God's everywhere. He's everywhere. I heard a story about a little girl who, who was told to go to the marker board by a teacher that was an atheist and he says, I want you to write on that board, God is nowhere. And being young, she had trouble with syllables, and she said, God is now where? <laughs> she got the letters off a little. And that's true. God is everywhere. There's nowhere that God isn't. God is everywhere. So what he's saying, we have to get ourselves. Now listen at this. We have to get ourselves and the right perspective when we come to the house of God. We have to get ourselves to the right, in the right perspective when we come to the house of God. Are you in the proper perspective this morning? Let me explain that a little more. Do you believe that the Almighty God is here today? 
Amen. Got one in perspective. Do you believe the Almighty God is here today? Right perspective. Do you see yourself standing before God Almighty today? Right perspective. Do you see yourself singing a personal love song to God when you're singing a hymn? Right perspective. Is, is your heart so full of gratitude and praise that nothing will keep you from praising and singing and worshiping God on Sunday morning? Nothing will keep you from doing that. Are you in the right perspective today? Perspective. Come into the house of God. So here's the point. We have to get ourselves in the right perspective when we come to the house of God. We have to see the greatness of God. We have to see the smallness of man. Right perspective. And listen, it's not a flippant matter to come to the house of God. We need to teach our children that. We need to teach our children how to behave when they come to the house of God. We need to teach them how to get in the right perspective. Now, we're going to God's house. We're going to hear about Jesus today. We're going to hear God's word taught today. Right perspective to our children. When we get through, we'll go outside. We get home. You know, you can play at home, but now we're going to God's house. Right perspective. I was taught the right perspective. Sat right there on the front when I was a little boy. Grew up. I knew to behave. If I didn't, I'd be taught right perspective again when I got home. Nothing I knew was coming. See, listen, remember this. You're not coming to a coliseum. You're not coming to a stadium. You're not coming to some sporting event, but you're coming to the house of God. Right perspective. The point is, you're coming into the very presence of God, so be careful what you say. Keep your foot. Be careful what you do. And be more, much more anxious to hear than to speak. Now, why is that? Because when you come into a church and the Bible's being taught, the Bible's being preached. You'll hear a truth that will be put in your mind that possibly would change your life forever. Forever. And the point is, there'll be people here this morning. There are people here this morning. There'll be people here tonight that will, that will hear something and God will take that, and he will take that this morning. He'll take it tonight. He'll drive it home to your heart, and you will be a changed person, and you won't be the same anymore if you're in the right perspective. And with that said, you have a responsibility then of what you hear. The very fact that you've heard this morning has really placed a responsibility upon your life. 
because you're accountable for the word that you hear. The fact that you're here without Christ and you hear the gospel of Jesus Christ places a great accountability upon your life, my friend. I like what Jerry Vine said in reference to this. He says, I had rather be in the darkest jungles of Africa and never hear the gospel of Jesus than to sit in a service and hear the gospel and then turn my back on the only begotten Son of God. So Solomon, he's explaining true joy and coming back to God, the one whom he'd left. He begins by explaining the importance of going to church and how we should listen. And then look at verse 3, and i got to really hurry. Verse 3 said, he, talk, he starts talking, look at verse 3. For a dream cometh through the multitude of business, and a fool's voice is known by a multitude of words. He's talking about praying. When you come to church, you need to be praying. You need to be praying before you get to church. When you come to church... Don't raise your hand. How many prayed for this service today? See, you need to be praying. Pray for me to preach. Have the freedom to preach. And I have it this morning. Somebody's been praying. Have the freedom to preach. Pray for the service. Pray for the Bible fellowship teachers. Pray for those that attend. Pray for the lost people that be here. Pray for the choir when he sings. Pray for the soloists when they sing. Pray, 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 pray. Just pray before you come. Prayer. Prayer is a very important part of a worship service. But notice what he says here. Be careful how we pray. It's not long prayers, but it's the strength of your prayer that counts. It's not uttering a bunch of words and having a long prayer. You can, you can say a lot in a few short words. It's the strength of that prayer. So Solomon takes up the matter of, of listening and the matter of praying, the matter of returning to the house of God. Now, I'm going to close with this. As a Christian, do you find yourself in the same situation Solomon found himself? I mean, he walked away from God. He thought he'd follow this and that and follow this and that, and it'd bring him more happiness, and it, didn't, it brought him more miserable, miserableness. It was meaningless. It's a vexation of spirit. There really wasn't anything to it. He could not find anything in his life that'd give him happiness and joy, lasting happiness and joy when he walked away from God. So he's making his journey back. You need to make a journey back. It's not going to get any better. It's going to get worse. If you come to some conclu the same conclusion that there's no true lasting joy apart from a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Solomon had tried it all. He tried it all. He had wisdom. He had money. He had women. He had wine. He had, he had all this stuff. It's all empty. Because he was living life under the sun. Under the sun. So he talks about a place that you can find that relationship. It's the house of God. You know what? This morning, you're in the right place. <laughs> you're in the house of God. Now, what about the perspective? You see yourself as God sees you. Is the Holy Spirit dealing with you this morning as a lost person? And you've heard that, you know, without Christ, you're going to miss heaven altogether, and you're going to take a chance on that? We're not talking about being a member of Mountain View Baptist Church. We're talking about being a child of God. 
it's going to happen sooner or later. This old body is going to decay. We're going to stop breathing. And, and wherever death finds us, so shall the judgment. You're in the right place today. And my prayer is you'll have it in the right perspective. And as God convicts your heart by his Holy Spirit, you make the right decision. Would you come today and ask Christ to save you? Would you come today and say, Lord, I'm coming back. I've been under the sun, and I am one miserable human being. Is anybody here other than me, don't raise your hand, been under the sun and just been miserable? Sure. There's, there's other things for the believer above the sun. Let's pray. Father, thank you for our time that we've had to come together and think about a journey home. Think about coming back to you if we've wandered away as a Christian. It's time to come home. And so as we have this invitation, I hope everyone has it in the right perspective. And God, thank you for our time that we can be together. And open your word and, and hear the importance about church and the importance about listening over speaking and the importance of praying and and Lord, the perspective we need to have when we come in here. It, it'll change our life. It'll change church. It'll change the community when we just get the perspective right. So help us be willing to remember this as we come into the house of God. In Jesus' name, amen. This morning.